Hi, welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Enjoy the message. Hello, everyone. My name is Clint Schwartz. I'm the lead pastor of Lighthouse Vineyard Church. Thanks so much for joining us today. Um, if this is your first time checking us out online, thanks for watching. We appreciate that. And if you would, make sure that you send a, a message or post a comment just to let us know that you're watching today. So today I'm recording this in a, in a different spot. Um, my uh, really good friend Ron took me to this spot about three years ago and, uh, and we looked for mushrooms. So this is his secret mushroom hunting spot. And uh, I'll tell you what, I w I, it was a great time we found. I think I have a picture here for you of all of the mushrooms that we found. And uh, it's just a wonderful spot. And you want to know where it is? I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you where we are right now. In fact, Riley's recording this. And I told him, you can't tell anyone where we are because this spot is a secret. There are just some places, some things that are meant to be kept secret. So I love mushroom hunting. I also love fishing. And so I went bass fishing, the, I think it was a year or two ago. And I have a good friend who's a really good bass fisherman. So I asked him, I said, hey, so are the, where are the, the bass biting? I mean, just kind of tell me where the best place is to go bass fishing. And you know what he told me? He said, well, you know, I'm not really sure. I said, come on, man. I mean, you, you like fishing tournaments and stuff. You know how to bass fish. He's like, yeah, I, I don't really know. And and he wouldn't tell me, you know why? Because he wouldn't be a very good bass fisherman if he gave up all of his good spots because there are just some things sometimes that are meant to be kept secret. It also reminded me, last year I went deer hunting with my nephew Josh up in Michigan. I'll tell you what, I was sitting up there one night and I had, I had like 17 deer walk out in the field in front of me. And I've never seen that many deer hunting before and it was, it was an incredible year. I saw more deer hunting that year, last year, than I've ever had before. So let me tell you where that's, I'm not going to tell you where that is either. It's a secret. It's somewhere up in Michigan. I'm not even going to point to my hand and let you know where it is because when, you know, deer hunters find a good spot, they don't tell anyone because in life, there are sometimes some things that just need to be kept secret. Well, I will tell you. There are some things in life though that, that should not be kept secret. And one thing for sure that needs to be spoken out and that is good news, right? I mean, if somebody has some good news, they should tell people about it, right? Um, in fact, I was talking to uh, the barista at Starbucks uh, just, just today actually. And I was just talking to her about the news and, and about opening up you know, the state and things like that. And she said to me, she goes, you know what? I just stopped watching the news two weeks ago because I just, it just makes me angry. I just get mad and upset and depressed. And, uh, and I said, I, I understand. I understand what we're looking for right now. What the world needs more now than ever is some good news. And if you're like me, you know, I've been perusing through uh, the news feeds and I'm just looking for anything that's good. I mean, is there a cure? Um, is there a vaccination? You know, is there an end in sight? You know, is this, are the cases going down? I mean, we are just desperate for good news. 
well, 2,000 years ago, the, the country of Israel was desperate for some good news. They had been under Roman rule for hundreds of years, and they uh, just wanted to be free. And they had these prophecies that the Messiah, the Savior, was going to come. So they were looking in the signs of the times. They're desperately searching for this good news, this Savior to come and to rescue them. Well, 2,000 years ago, the Messiah was born. He was born in a manger. He wasn't born in a king's palace. He was born of a virgin, Mary. And, uh, and hardly anyone knew what was happening. But this was like the best news for mankind. The Savior had been born. And so, you know, God, <laughs> he just couldn't keep the good news to himself. So he sent a messenger angel to these shepherds that are up on a hillside. And he says, I've got to tell somebody this good news. This is the best news that's ever happened to mankind. And so in Luke chapter 2, verse 10, it says, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. The good news was that the Savior was born. Jesus, the Messiah, had come to earth. So I looked up the Greek word for good news, what was used there. And the word is, uh, it's hard to pronounce, euangelizo, something like that is how it's pronounced. But it means to announce good news, to evangelize, to declare, to bring glad tidings, to preach the gospel. So many times this word in the New Testament is translated from the Greek to good news, but it's also translate, translated as the gospel. The gospel. The story of Jesus is known as the gospel. It's known as good news. So here's a couple of scriptures where this word is used. The first one is in Luke chapter 4, verse 18. This is when Jesus first starts his public ministry. And he says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news. There's that word, good news, the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free. And at the end of Mark, when right before Jesus goes up into heaven, he gives this great commission to his disciples. And he said, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Preach the good news. The good news needed to be shared. It was a secret that needed to be shared. And this is the story of Jesus. It's the best news we could ever share. But I'll tell you, it's sometimes difficult to share the gospel. It's sometimes difficult to tell people about Jesus. You know, why is that? It's difficult for me and I'm a pastor. Why is that? And I believe it's because this good news, the story of Jesus, will change someone's life for all eternity. I know it's changed mine. And so because it's so life transforming, we have an enemy who fights against it and does everything that he can. The devil does everything that he can to keep us from sharing the good news, the gospel. But this good news is too good to be kept secret. Now hold that thought because we're in a series right now called Identity Theft, Taking Back What the Enemy Has Stolen. And it's a series about our identity 
in Christ. And we have an enemy who tries to manipulate and, and lie to us and make us think that we're someone that we're not. And this scripture is really, or this series is all about opening our eyes to who we are in Christ. Our key scripture is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. When we become followers of Christ, our lives change. And we get a new identity. And last week we talked about our identity as being children of God, having, being part of a family, having brothers and sisters. And if you missed that message, I would just encourage you to go back and watch that or listen to that message. Because, I mean, it was one, I, I know I, I preached it, but it was one that really spoke to me as well. So I think if you missed that one, go back and, and listen to that one. But today, today we're going to talk about our identity as messengers, as proclaimers of good news, of good news. So we'll be in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 13. Let me read this for you. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. So today's message is titled, Outspoken, Sharing the Good News of Jesus. So let me pray and I'll give you a couple of points that you can fill in on your handout or you can just take some notes on or just listen to. But let me pray. So God, we come to you right now and we thank you, God, that when we become followers of Christ, you give us a new identity. Oh man, I just thinking of last week's message where we get an inheritance as children of God. How cool is that, Lord? But at the same time, God, as we become children of God as we become followers of Christ, we have responsibilities as well. And one of those is to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ, to tell others about what we have received as well. So Lord, I pray that today you would open up our ears to hear what you have for us. And I invite your Holy Spirit to be with us, even as we're here in the, the woods and, and with everyone who's watching this from their cars or, or watching it you know, from their living rooms or their bedrooms. God, I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would be present and that you would speak to our hearts. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So a couple of points. Here's the first point. We can be a messenger of the good news when we, number one, face our fear. When we face our fear. The beginning of our, our scripture today says in verse 13, Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. So scripture is telling us that we're not supposed to be afraid. But I'll tell you, when it comes to sharing your faith and talking about Jesus, I don't know about you, but I become a little bit afraid. It's what happens. I remember a time when Revive Indiana came into town. Revive Indiana was a, an evangelism team that, that taught the churches how to go out into public and to share their faith. And so one day I was with them. I was on a kind of a team outreach and I was in downtown South Bend. And I remember walking up to a homeless person and talking about Jesus to that person. Ended up buying them some, some food from the nearby restaurant. But as I was leaving the restaurant, I saw a guy parked in a truck. 
So I walked over to the guy. He was just sitting there and he rolled down his window and I told him what I was about, what I was doing that day, started to share about Jesus to him. And he looked at me and he said, you know, one of my coworkers tried to tell me about Jesus today too. And I said, you know, maybe that's God speaking to you. And you know what he did? He rolled up his window and he drove off. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, man, I felt rejection. I felt stupid. You know, I mean, I just, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. Now, I'm glad I did because later that day I went to uh, uh, Memorial Hospital and uh, I was in their chapel and they made an announcement that anyone who uh, wanted to talk to us, we were down in the chapel and they could talk to us about Jesus. And so they, a couple of people came down, a couple of nurses, and, and I was able to share with them uh, my faith and I was able to share with them the gospel, you know, the, the good news of Jesus. And they became followers of Jesus that day. And so it was well worth it. It was well worth it. But I'll, I'll tell you, sharing your faith can be frightening. It really can be. And I thought about it this week. I thought, well, why is it so frightening? Well, I think we're afraid of rejection because that doesn't feel good. Anytime we feel rejection. So I think we're afraid of that. And there's, in, in America anyway, there's a good chance that there's going to be some rejection involved. I think we're afraid of, I know one thing I'm afraid of is making somebody else feel uncomfortable. Sometimes sharing our faith or sharing the message of the gospel can, can make others feel uncomfortable. And so I'm afraid of doing that. Um, sometimes we're afraid of being made fun of, that we're some crazy religious zealot or something like that and, and people will make fun of us. And I, I think sometimes we're just afraid of hurting a relationship because we've have a relationship with someone and it might make them feel uncomfortable. So we're, we're afraid of sharing our faith because we don't want to hurt our relationship. Well, the reality is when we talk about Jesus, when we share our faith, when we share the good news of Jesus, it may cost us something. I think that as a follower of Christ, we have to accept that sharing our faith might be costly. I mean, it was very costly to the disciples. They held on to their faith and it ended up costing them their lives. And then there's the story of the apostle Paul, and he became a devout follower of Jesus, and he shared his faith with everyone that he came up against, but it cost him dearly throughout his life. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, starting with verse 24, he describes what it cost him. He says, five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. The 40 lashes minus one. The reason they say that is because they say that 40 lashes will kill you. And this was 40 lashes minus one. So it's 39 and they take you to the brink of death. He says five times he received that. Man, I don't know about you, but if I would have received that one time, I probably would have thought twice about sharing my faith a second time. But he continued to share his faith in the midst of that persecution. But then he goes on in verse 25, he says, Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I've labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I've been cold and naked. Man, sharing his faith 
was costly to Paul. It was costly. And so you think, you know, hopefully, he's like, like, stop, Paul, you're going to get killed because of this. But that's not Paul's attitude. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 6, he asks the church in Ephesus to pray for him about this. He says, pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Paul understood the fear and concern. I mean, it was, it was real. In fact, at this time, he was in jail because of his faith, because he continued to share his faith. And he said, man, just keep praying for me. I don't want to stop sharing the faith because I'm afraid. And he, he asked the church to pray for him. Why could he do that? Why did he do that? Well, it's because he understood that the good news of the gospel, though it may cost him something, it was worth so much more than anything that it cost him. He describes this in Philippians chapter 3. He says, But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. Paul understood that there's this, the value of Christ, the value of sharing the gospel was so much greater than any loss he incurred. So you can write this down. The value of others knowing Jesus is greater than anything that it cost me. The value of others knowing Jesus is greater than anything that it cost me. So to be a good messenger of the gospel, we have to face our fears. We have to be willing to be uh, bold. We have to be willing to have some costs you know, that it, that it incurs some costs on us. But that's the first part, to be a good messenger of the gospel. Number two is we can be a good messenger of the good news when we make it personal. Make it personal. Verse 15 says, But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. We're supposed to give the reason for the hope that you have, that I have. This is a very personal thing. The message of the gospel is very personal. It's not just about Jesus being born, living a perfect life, and then dying for our sins. I mean, that's, that's the gospel, but it goes further than that. It goes further into how does it affect you when you became a follower of Christ, when you accepted Jesus his death on the cross is payment for your sins. How did it impact you? Well, when we share that, that's called our testimony. Now, I know that can be kind of a, a Christianese term. So many times we talk about sharing your testimony and it sounds kind of weird, but it really isn't that weird. If you think about um, going to court, if you go up on the witness stand and they they tell you to you know, swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Well, at that point, what they're asking you to do is to testify. You're supposed to just tell your, your viewpoint, what you saw, what you heard. Well, that's called your sworn testimony. Well, in, in the Christian world, it's the same idea. Your testimony is your perspective on what has happened to you since Jesus became part of your life. And I'll tell you what. Our personal testimony is incredibly powerful. 
The world knows that. I mean, that's why professional athletes are paid millions of dollars to endorse products. I mean, when Michael Jordan puts on a Hanes t-shirt and says, this is the best t-shirt he's ever worn, you know what I want to do? I want to go buy a Hanes t-shirt because I believe Michael Jordan. He wouldn't lie to me, right? Well, it's the same kind of thing. We are, we are drawn to people's personal testimonies. And so when we share our faith in Jesus, it's not just reading Bible scriptures. It's so much more than that. It's about sharing your life and how your life has been impacted by your relationship with Christ. Because people want to know. People want to know, how has this Jesus impacted you? And, and you know what? People are watching us and listening to us all the time. And in this time of crisis, man, oh man, this is a time when everybody is watching those who call themselves Christians because the hope in the world is just kind of fizzled away. I, I was flying back from Guatemala in the midst of this crisis and we had an incredible mission trip down there and things were going really well. But I remember when we landed in Atlanta and also when we landed in Chicago, we could just feel despair. We could feel anxiety. We could feel fear. It was like a wet blanket all across this country. And so people are looking for hope. You know, they're, they're saying, you believe in Jesus. You have a relationship with Jesus. Do you have hope? And, and absolutely, we do have hope because we have hope for eternity, right? I mean, we're going to spend eternity in heaven. It's not about how many years I live here on earth because this is just a fraction of my existence. This is just 80 or 90 years. But one day, I'm going to spend eternity in heaven with Jesus. So we have hope for eternity, but even more than that, we have hope and we know that Jesus is here with us, that God is with us. Hebrews 13 says, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? So in this time when there's been a lot of fear and anxiety, and I've just looked to God. I've looked to God and he has given me hope for tomorrow. And hopefully people have seen that inside of me as well. And just know that people are watching you. People are watching me. And, uh, and what we say and what we do is sometimes so much greater than, than even what we speak to them, especially what we do. I love this quote from Francis of Assisi. It says, preach the gospel at all times. Preach the good news at all times. And when necessary, use words. And it's, I love that because we are supposed to still use words. I mean, Francis of Assisi used words all the time to talk about Jesus. But he's talking about living a life that is changed, living a life of hope, living a life that has good news. That's what God has called us to do. If we're going to be good messengers of the gospel, we're going to have to live a hope-filled life. So you can write this down. Sometimes the best news we can share is a life filled with hope. Sometimes the best news we can share is a life filled with hope. So that's my second point. We can be a messenger of the good news when we make it personal. Now, if you would like to learn more about sharing your faith, about how to even pray with someone to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior, 
I'm teaching uh, just an hour and a half long workshop on Sunday night, May 3rd. It's called How to Lead Others to Christ. And uh, you can sign up on our website if you'd like to do that. We're planning on doing it as a Zoom. If by any chance we can meet in person by then, depending on what the governor says, we'll have, we'll have that option as well. But we'll definitely have a Zoom option for anyone that uh, wants to participate. So you can sign up for that. But today, um, there's one of my favorite scriptures. I just wanted to read this because it's all about sharing the good news. It's in Romans chapter 10. So I want to leave us with this and then I'll pray and we'll be done. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can, and really, let me just stop there. That means how can they cry out for hope and, and receive hope if they have not believed in someone? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Let me pray. So God, I pray right now that everyone who's listening to this today, that they would be determined to live a life of joy, that they would be determined to live a life of hope, God, even in the midst of trying circumstances, because we do have hope. We have you, Jesus, and we have hope for eternity as well. So Lord, I pray that each one of us today will be determined, would be determined to turn our hearts towards you, to look for you for hope, not look to medicine, not look to doctors, not look to situations for hope, but that we would look to you for hope and that you would fill us with the hope of Christ. And Lord, with that hope that's within us, I pray that we would be a light shining in the dark, that we would stand out in this world that is so hopeless and that we would be able to just share the good news of Jesus Christ. Jesus came to bring us life and to bring us life more abundantly. So Lord, I pray that we would do that today. So be with us, Lord, wherever we go, whatever we, whatever conversations we have, whatever we type on social media, Lord, I pray that we would be hope-filled. Thank you for our time together today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today. And really, just go be the church. All right? Have a great week. Well, that's it for today's message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthouseofinner.church. Thank you for being part of our family, and we will see you next time.